Hello and welcome to the Fight IQ Podcast. My name is Jesse Day and this podcast is sponsored by High Kick Creative Black Belt Marketing Solutions for the Martial Arts Industry. And today I want to talk about the three martial artists that have most influenced me throughout my life, both in my childhood and growing up and up until now, and are a big part of the reason why I started this podcast in the first place. And I'm sure all of you listening out there, if you're into the martial arts, you have your own heroes. Those people you grew up watching, whether it be in movies or in real combat sports that you always looked up to, this episode is for you. like a finger pointing away to the moon don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory do you understand never take your eyes off your opponent even when you bow yes of course he had to be on my list bruce lee otherwise known as Li Xiaolong in his Chinese name, and he released a series of films that changed the foundation of martial arts cinema forever. And he also influenced me so much growing up. Actually, it was a book that my father gave me when I was quite young. I want to say around eight or nine years old. I believe it was called Bruce Lee, King of Kung Fu, but it was nonetheless kind of a biography on Bruce Lee's life. Um about him studying under Master Ip Man, who trained him in Wing Chun style of Kung Fu. And the book went through Kung Fu in general over the course of Chinese history, talked a lot about the Shaolin monks, very interesting book, and I really got engaged in it, and it really got me into the martial arts. I started off with Taekwondo, and I was uh, very motivated to train myself when I was at home. And a big reason uh, that that was, was because Bruce's books really instilled that into me. He had a series of books where he actually trained in street fighting, so you'd he'd have kind of step-by-step diagrams. He also had the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, uh, a very, very famous martial arts manual at this point in history, where he talks not only about fighting, but about his philosophy of life and how martial arts play such an integral role in it, and that also really influenced me a lot. So... Bruce Lee, in terms of what he was as an action movie star, kind of all culminated in that clip that I played at the beginning of this, Enter the Dragon, uh, which I believe was released in 1973, somewhere around there. And that is the first time that Bruce really broke out as a star outside of China, where he was already a massive star uh, before Enter the Dragon was released. But as a kid, I used to watch that movie every single day. I used to come home from school And I would watch Enter the Dragon. That was my routine with my snacks or whatever I was eating, my pita pockets at the time. And I really started to memorize all the different bits of dialogue. And I kind of had the whole movie down by heart. And, of course, I explored all of Bruce Lee's work from Fist of Fury in the beginning uh, up until Game of Death and Enter the Dragon. So Game of Death was a largely uncompleted film which was then released after he died with another actor playing him and a little bit weird the the film itself isn't great but there's an iconic scene where he goes up a tower level by level and he faces different bosses 
NBA player Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is one of them. It's a really fun scene that he kind of filmed. It was meant to be the final scene of the movie. He filmed it first, and then unfortunately he passed away before the filming could be completed. And I believe he never actually saw Enter the Dragon. He was never there in theaters to see in the United States of America how great of a reception the film received, and it led to a big part of his legacy. And for that reason, Bruce Lee is on this list for me. And the things that he instilled in me through all of his writings, which were released after his death, and his films as well, and just the attitude that he conveyed, he was a very big believer in that repetition and practice and how dedicated you were to practicing the martial arts is really what led to becoming at the top of that field. He also was one of the first people to really advocate integrating different martial arts styles together. What we now might know as MMA. At the time, it was all traditional martial arts, different styles of karate, kung fu. There was obviously boxing. Um, obviously wrestling, but when it came to the traditional martial arts, they really believed that you had to kind of stay within your style. These are the moves you do. If you're practicing mantis-style kung fu, this is mantis-style kung fu. If you're doing this style of taekwondo, that's what this is. So it was kind of a rigidity that made you stick to the thing that you were studying. And, you know, teachers weren't teaching their students to look outside of their own art. Karate instructors weren't going, hey guys, karate is awesome, but maybe we should also look at Taekwondo and maybe we can incorporate some of their kicks. None of that was going on. So it was a very traditional style. And Bruce was kind of one of the first ones to go, you know what? What's the point of having these rigid styles? Why don't we just use what works and who cares where it came from? Who cares if it comes from boxing, if it comes from fencing, which he used to study a lot and incorporate into his style? Um, if it comes from any sport or any aspect of life, the martial arts encompasses all. And he took a very diversified approach to his game, and that influenced me a lot. And I think it influenced the course of history when it came to both martial arts cinema and combat sports as well. What about also being a champion? A thing that uh, I've often wondered about. Do you get people coming up to you wanting to take a swing at you? Swing at me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat that question. Do I do what? You know, you, you, you hear stories of some champions who say one of the problems is that every guy thinks he can fight you, wants to take you on, and he's going to prove it someday in a bar, you know. Have you ever, ever had that at all? Never had anybody daft enough? Oh, if a man, if a man dreamed, <laughs> if, he, if he even dreamed to be, he better wake up and apologize. <laughs> me, walk up and just hit me. He would stand the easy chance in Vietnam with a BB gun. <laughs> oh yes, the greatest Muhammad Ali, also placing on this list. This is another combat sports influence that I grew up with, another martial arts influence. He was kind of right along there with Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee was the first martial artist I really got attached to, but also through my father and my grandfather, we used to all watch fights together, boxing. It was always boxing. And we used to always watch the old school fights. Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, George Foreman. But Ali was always there as one of the main characters. He was always the biggest character. My grandpa had a set of tapes, these VHS tapes. There were all these old school classic boxing tapes. But the cool thing about him is that they didn't just have the fights, they had the press conferences and the interviews. So growing up, I had the chance to not only watch all of Ali's great fights and performances along with a bunch of other classic boxing, but get the chance to see his brash persona when he was in front of the camera 
and when he would build up and promote fights. And that played a huge role in my own life as well. It really influenced me because here was a man who had all of the confidence in the world. And he was, you know, in today's current era of MMA, a lot of people compared prime Conor McGregor, you know, when he was just there and he was on fire in terms of the way he talked and the way that he would go in and perform with Ali. And I think there are some there's some truth to that comparison if we just take our blinders off and we don't have any you know, thought one way or the other. We just look at it objectively. I do think there is some truth to that. But man, Muhammad Ali, just seeing that growing up, it made me realize my own potential when I was watching him. It made me realize, you know, this guy's talking. He's saying what he's going to do. Then he goes out and does it. He's one of the greatest ever and he keeps calling himself the greatest ever. And maybe I can do something great in my life as well. And I think that influenced me a lot in terms of the path that I chose. And when I started to get into training, I mentioned during the last segment that I started off with Taekwondo and I started training uh, Jeet Kune Do, you know, following Bruce Lee's books and stuff like that. And then I got into Muay Thai and also boxing as well. And Muhammad Ali, what can you say about him? Over the course of everything he's done, not only in terms of his what he did in the sport of boxing, and it is tragic. I do believe that he got out of the sport too late. I believe that the signs were there, and there's a lot of evidence pointing to that. His own personal doctor, who was basically with him all the time, he had his own doctor, and that guy told him to stop and said, you know, if you don't stop, I'm out, and he didn't stop in the end, so the doctor took off. Um, but, you know, would he have developed Parkinson's either way? Who actually knows what the what the truth is? But I do think he could have stood to suffer left less damage later in his career. All of that being said, during the majority of his career and the time when he was in his prime, he was absolutely on fire in that brash persona, that young, hungry lion absolutely influenced me as a kid and made me want to pursue martial arts and made me want to be my best. And for that reason, Muhammad Ali is on this list. Why we have so much respect between us before the fight? Then my last fight, you know this with guy, I have a lot of crazy stuff, but I wanna forget everything. We show really what is this MMA. MMA is number one thing is respect. When you come gym, first, first things, what your coach, everybody teach you, hey, you have to respect gym, you have to respect teammates, coaches, you have to still, Keep uh, clean your gym, every, everything about respect. MMA is not about trash talking. The Eagle, Habib Nurmagomedov, my favorite fighter of the current era and a martial artist in modern times that I'm able to look up to and respect and somebody that influences me so much. When you heard that last speech, that was after he defeated Dustin Poirier. I believe it was UFC 242. And at that time... The last fight that Habib had was with Conor McGregor. I touched on it in my first episode about the Warriors of Dagestan. And he had a very bitter experience because Conor McGregor really went after Habib's religion. His family said bad things about his father, a lot of things. And with the lead up to the Dustin Poirier fight, it was a totally different experience because both of them respected each other as martial artists. And that's what Habib was saying in his post-fight interview that... This is what MMA is all about. It's about respect. And he's right. 
When you walk into a dojo, a dojang, a gym, a training facility that teaches martial arts, respect is the number one thing that's there. You do have to bow when you enter in many places. You have to respect your teammates and everybody around you. And that's a really cool thing to see a modern MMA fighter who espouses that as the main philosophy that he has when it comes to his sport. Because right now, for those of you following mixed martial arts, you'll know that it's the entertainment era right now. A lot of people are trying to play characters, put on personas, and do a lot of trash talking and a lot of talking down about their opponents while boasting about their own abilities. And I'll tell you something, I love a good rivalry. I love it when two guys hate each other and they just go at it, but I also really love the respect and the foundation that martial arts was built on. And I love how Habib represents that. Now, besides his philosophy... Let's talk about him as a fighter. Now, when we're talking about martial arts and martial arts skill, Bruce Lee was one of the first guys who was said to kind of be doing it for real. He was both a movie star and he could kick ass in real life. There's all sorts of stories. Do we know if they're true or not? We don't know. You know, Chael Sonnen um, likes to trash Bruce Lee a lot and say he was never a real fighter, and that might actually be true. But um, regardless of that, it's true that the books he released were very profound and seemed to teach a real street approach to martial arts, which is really cool. And when it comes to Ali, the proof is in the goddamn pudding people. He beat the shit out of everybody. So he was just amazing. But Habib, in the realm of combat sports, is entering into a different stratosphere because now we are in the realm of MMA, and I believe it has been an evolution of styles because now... You're fighting in all dimensions. You can take the fight to the mat. You can stand up. You can do whatever you want to do. And Habib is kind of the Ali of his particular realm in terms of skill. He's just outclassing everybody. But he's more humble in his approach when it comes to promoting fights. He's not trying to put any character out there. He's just being who he is. And a big part of his fighting is his father, who has not only trained himself, but a lot of people from the Dagestan region. I do really recommend you guys check out my first episode, Warriors of Dagestan, to get a better overall idea of what training in that region is like and why so many people, including Habib, are just on top of their game in the combat sports world. So that is my top three martial artists that have influenced me in my life, both in my martial arts training and just in my philosophy and the way that I think. So I'd really love to hear from you guys. Who were some martial artists that you grew up with that you really connected with and that influenced you? You can drop me a line at info at fightiqpodcast.com. Also, give me any ideas for future episodes you want. And please do leave a rating for me and any comments on whatever platform you're listening to this to. I really do want Fight IQ to grow and uh, reach a lot more people. So that would be amazing. I do have a Patreon set up with some cool options, so please do check that out. All of those will be linked in the description below, along with clips to all of the audio that I used, besides my own lovely voice today. My friends, thank you for joining me on the Fight IQ podcast, and have a great day.